Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders on Arbitration Day. Sorry we were late. Brent Sooner decided to sign with the Cincinnati Reds at 3.29 p.m. And fan-sided MLB insider Robert Murray was all over it. And now he's all over here. Here being your screen, I just pointed in the right direction for the first time in the history of this podcast being live streamed. Robert, how you doing, dude? We got to break down a crazy day and more stuff is sure to drop during this show. So thank you all for being here. Yeah, thank you all for being here. Crazy day so far. Uh, my phone has been going off nonstop. I've been up since 3.30, so it's been a very long day. I have not gone to the gym yet despite wanting to go there, but we're here. Uh, scoops are happening in real time. Life is good. Adam Weiner, how are you? I am good. Uh, we've got some questions from the All-Stars in our Discord. Of course, we will get to those, and they get first priority when we open the floor for questions. But it's tough to get to the question portion of today's show just because there's so much to get through. Uh, first, I'll do our sponsor. It's DraftKings today. They're offering a fantastic sign-up bonus for new users. You can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim $150 in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in, and you'll receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. That's the best part. When you join DraftKings, just make sure to sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER. Using our code BASEBALLINSIDER not only gets you the great bonuses, it also directly supports the podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code BASEBALLINSIDER, singular, to maximize your first bets and parlays. The offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Something that is not 21 plus something that's open to everybody the baseball insiders discord the only spot where you can get scoops from robert murray and where you control me in between shows there are several levels you can get access to the discord as long as you become a member on the youtube channel join at the rumor mill tier get access to the channel where robert drops nuggets join at the all-star level you get a separate private channel private zooms with us once a month we're scheduling that for you all-stars who have questions about when that will be, you will know very soon. And you also get priority in the chat. Like we said, uh, it'll make you the most informed fan. And on a day like today, that's crucial because we got a lot of stuff to parse through. Yeah, we sure do. And like, even like I've been telling people for, for weeks, for months now to join the discord, I've dropped news in there that I have not reported. Like there's stuff in there that I have not even tweeted yet. Now arbitration day, I'll tease when I have signings. I'll tell people who's in on certain players uh, when I can, and it's a really good place. But, man, oh, man, let me tell you, uh, today has been very active. And the market, at least for right now, is I would imagine it's going to start heating up. And I think the January 12th, just the rest of January, could end up being a pretty active time here. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know of anything else imminent at this point. I will say that, but like the pitching market has plenty of options, and I think those could start moving before too long. And then once that happens, the floodgates could open. But um, yeah, crazy time, and I'm just glad we can finally dissect this thing because I've been waiting for this all day. 
crazy time. There's so much to dissect, including whether or not I am Hal to Hell on Twitter, which uh, the comment section, you know the Discord's fun when the whole Discord shows up to the comment section of the live show to roast you. Hal to Hell uh, was going at your scoops last night. It's not me, I promise. And I actually think Hal Steimer should not go to hell. I think he should continue living on Earth in peace, but I think he should have a few more World Series rings than he does. So I deny that allegation unequivocally. I am not Hal to Hell. I demand that the real Hal to Hell step forward. Either way, the Yankees are not the story today. It's the Chicago Cubs. We've been waiting on this arbitration deadline for quite a while. We thought it was tomorrow, (laughs) at least us and the general public. It's not. It's today. Uh, And the Chicago Cubs really get the hot stove ignited before that deadline by coming to terms with Showtime and Naga between shows on a deal that did not look like what we expected it to. And then taking two players from the Dodgers who needed a clear roster spot for Teoscar Hernandez today, reliever Yancy Almonte, great in 2022, not great in 2023, and top prospect Michael Bush. He is finally going to get unblocked in L.A. and ideally get a role in Chicago. So let's attack the trade first. A couple questions from Jay-Z 2016 Cubs in the all-star level of the Discord. And they're questions I would have asked myself, so I'm glad he asked them. Bush feels like the Cubs' third baseman at this point. Is all their focus now on Bellinger? What do the Cubs still have to do after acquiring Bush? And where do they believe Bush will slot in? Yeah, Bush was like when that deal first broke, I like I thought it was the Dodgers clearing room for the Teoscar Hernandez edition. And all of a sudden, the Michael Bush edition entered this and it was unexpected, but it was kind of expected at the same time that Bush would be on the move, at least at some point, just because of the Dodgers sheer depth that they have. And there was no real clear path for him for playing time. So he would have been blocked. And in this deal, like the, it ends up getting the Dodgers some really talented young pitchers who they can build around going forward because that's what's at a premium right now is young, controllable, and affordable starting pitching or just pitching in general. And for the Cubs, it gets them a really talented infielder who in Bush, they can slide in the infield right away and give him um, like playing time consistent at bats and give him an opportunity that everyone in baseball seemingly thinks that he deserves because he's a really talented dude and get, upgrading and getting Almonte. Uh, I thought that was a, a nice move as well. He's a, been a very, uh, he's been a guy who's been able to eat innings for the Dodgers, talented dude. And it is about time with the Cubs. I have been getting for months how they have been hibernating, how Jed Hoyer is sleeping, you name it. And I, I kept telling Cubs fans, be patient because if there is one thing about the Cubs is that they operate in silence. Nobody knew that they were after Craig Council. Nobody really could like knew that they were the favorites for Imanaga. We'll get into that later because mm-hmm. um, the reporting, some of the reporting around that was just really just not good. Um, and like they're they're making moves. They've got a starting pitcher in Imanaga. They got an infielder in Bush and they now they got another reliever in in Almonte and they're not done. They're going to continue trying to upgrade this this roster. Um I mean, I would imagine Cody Bellinger is going to stay on their radar. I think a Reese Hoskins makes a lot of sense. I will I, I'm going to tell you this right now, Adam. I have seen like people on Twitter saying that the Cubs could sign three to five of these top guys. That's exactly um, what I was going to go to next. Just the, the discourse is it was hot. Hoyer's asleep. And now it's like, Hoyer's going to sign seven more dudes. 
Yeah, it's like it went from Hoyer's sleep or hibernating to Hoyer's never going to sleep again, just like that. And it's crazy. And like I get Cubs fans' optimism right now. Like they're they're doing good. They're they're making good moves. They're making moves finally. But the thing is, is like signing three to five like marquee free agents is really, really, really tough. Obviously, the Dodgers have done it, and there's just not many teams who can pull that off. I don't know what the Cubs' offseason budget is by any means, but I see people thinking that they're going to sign Chapman, they're going to sign Bellinger, they're going to sign Hoskins, they're going to sign some of these starting pitchers, they're going to sign Josh Hader. Um, I mean, they're connecting them to all these guys. I think at the end of the day, the, the Cubs are likely going to add at least one of them, but three to five of those guys, like, I, I think if you're expecting three to five of those guys, you're going to be really disappointed. And I mean, that's, that's totally okay. Cause if they're able to continue this off season with adding one or two of those other top guys, then I think that was a successful off season and Hoyer should not be clowned for that. And no one should think that he was actually hibernating because he was not, he was working in silence like he always does. And all along, he was establishing himself as the most desirable destination for Imanaga, who, according to what we've heard, turned down larger offers to join the Cubs And that offer also, the contract ended up nowhere near where we thought it would go. There were reports he was going to pass $100 million. Then there were reports it was two years, $30 million, with a bunch of escalators. Fell in the middle there. Um, So what do you know about how this came together? You hinted that the reporting was off on this from the beginning. We heard so much about the Giants as frontrunners. The Angels were involved. And ultimately, we ended up hearing there were mystery teams chirping around. Some of them offered more than the Cubs. He preferred the Cubs as his landing spot. So what did you hear about how this actually played out? There, there was definitely interest in Imanaga, and there was a few teams involved until the very end, but the Giants and the Angels were not among them. And the Giants were never really a favorite for Imanaga, now that I've had some conversations with people after the fact. And I know uh, Alex Pavlovich, who is a tremendous beat writer for the Giants, he said the exact same thing. And like the, the Giants, they viewed him as like a bottom of the rotation type starter. And the Angels, I never really got the sense they were that truly involved in that market. And that's why I was really confused seeing the reports that they were among the favorites. And it was just, it was kind of confusing. I, I think maybe a, maybe the price could have been an issue. I mean, if it was like a hundred million bucks in that range. Um, but like, it was just I don't know. They, I, don't, I just never viewed those two teams as, as seriously involved. And the the Cubs, they were in on him from the from the get go. And he is someone that they identified as a target. He apparently lives in the Chicago area, according to uh, Jesse Rogers of ESPN. And I mean, that had to have helped his his chances of going to the Cubs. There was other teams involved. I know the Pirates were reported as one team that was interested. And yes, that is that is true. That I can confirm that the Pirates were involved. I don't know what to what extent. I know there's been reports of um, an offer that's twice the the amount that he ended up signing for. I that's uh, it's interesting. I I'm not able I'm not able to like confirm that, but I know he, I know he had some good offers out there. I'll I'll, I'll say that much. But Imanaga was. Um, he was one of the Cubs' top targets, and that was what's going to end up opening up the floodgates to this Cubs offseason. And I mean, as we've seen today, and what, what we saw with the Amanaga signing is really just starting, honestly. 
Yeah, well, we can't all make Luke Weaver money like uh, the New York Yankees are giving out today, but some of us do better than others. Uh, good for the Cubs and good for Cubs fans for getting off the schneid. Good time now, I would say, before we move on to address another all-star question just because it's relevant as well as some of the comments are chirping at the same thing. Uh, you mentioned the Angels, you know, you heard they were not so involved on Imanaga, at least as involved as the public believed. Uh, we had a question from Beyond the Halo, our, our Angels uh, person in the chat. Have you heard similar things to what John Heyman is reporting that the Angels are, quote, in a holding pattern? We have a lot of Angels fans in the chat wondering if their offseason is over before it started, et cetera. Um, and you've heard uh, sort of contradicting things about the Angels at various points in the offseason. What would you expect from them for the rest of the season? I know they were in the outfield market before Teoscar Hernandez went. I mean, what's their basic vibe at this point? Yeah, the Angels, I think what Heyman reported was spot on. And But that's the thing is I think they've kind of been in a holding pattern all offseason with, with what they're going to do here. And they obviously had to wait for the Shohei Otani sweepstakes to play out and to see if they were going to be able to bring him back. But that always seemed like a pretty unlikely scenario. And I think they knew that internally uh, once they didn't make the playoffs last year. And this offseason, they have scoured the markets for a lot of different players. They have, and I, I kid you not, they have checked in on outfielders they've checked in on infielders they've checked in on starting pitching and they've checked in on relievers they have literally checked in on most of the players in the market probably all of them honestly just because that's what they do they want to identify value and see what exactly is out there and i know people are frustrated with the lack of spending that they've done this offseason and and really it's just i mean i I understand the frustration especially after losing out on otani and you've never like the fact that they've never won with Otani and Trout on that roster is pretty, it's stunning. Um, but it just speaks to the kind of roster that they've built as a whole. And it's just really top heavy and it's just really never had depth or it's never had pitching. And I think this off season, we're going to, we're going to see them. They're going to, they're going to sign guys for sure. Like I've heard them connected to Adam Duvall. I've heard them connected to Michael Taylor. I've heard them connected to Marcus Stroman. The one that I've really heard the most varying things on with them is Marcus Stroman. Like you talk to one person, they say that they're in, you talk to another person. It sounds like they're kind of in, but I don't know. Like I'm having a hard time getting a sense of just how involved they are in the Stroman market. I don't think they're going to be a team that unless Blake Snell's price comes down, I don't think they're going to be involved in that because I can't see them giving Snell a seven year for like a $200 million contract. I just, I can't see that happening, but if his price comes down or some of the other top guys price come down, then maybe, but I think it's going to end up being an off season where angels fans might be underwhelmed. That is just a guess at this point. That's subject to change because as I've said many times in this podcast, the angels is off season plan or their mid season plan can change just depending on how Artie Moreno wakes up that morning. He is a very unpredictable guy, but um, yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I, if I was the, if I was an angels fan, I would go in not expecting much just so you can't be disappointed. But that being said, uh, I mean, I would understand why you're disappointed at this point for sure. It, it's a hilarious offseason where every fan base feels that way. Even Cubs fans felt that way 48 hours ago. And now all of a sudden it's can they get Hader and Bellinger and Chapman and Reese Hoskins? Can we keep adding? Uh, it's a flip flop offseason. Hopefully this arbitration deadline means the prices on players like Blake Snell, maybe even Marcus Stroman start to go down a little bit. 
so we can get more done. Um, my vote for the most disappointing offseason, I mean, based on our Discord chat, uh, we got a Pirates fan, Canyon, in the All-Star chat asking us, do I give up as a Pirates fan? That was his question for today's show. And I told him I'd read it on the show, and I will. Uh, but a lot of fan bases, I think, feel that way at, at this point in time. And uh, I don't know, one of the only fan bases that has been emboldened this offseason, the Los Angeles Dodgers, of course, they are the flip side of today's Cubs trade. They get rid of Bush. They get rid of Almonte. They only have to clear one spot for Teoscar, and they clear two, which has Dodgers fans wondering about, is something next? Is it the bullpen market? We had an all-star question asking us to break down the bullpen market from Dodgers fan 89. He's like, hey, what about Hader? What about Jordan Hicks? What about Brazier? What about Stevenson? Because that's where Dodgers fans are thinking right now. Uh, So I figure I'll use the Dodgers as a jumping off point. We've heard the Hader connection. We've obviously heard them connected to the bullpen from the jump. Does that connection feel real? And what about some of the slightly lesser names? What are you hearing about their markets and the Dodgers' involvement? Yeah, I'll like the Dodgers are definitely involved in the bullpen market for sure. And obviously, they've been connected to Josh Hader. They've been connected to some of these other top guys. And like to specifically talk about Hader. Um, I am under the impression right now that Hader is definitely drawing interest from contending teams. I don't necessarily know what or who those contending teams are, but he makes a lot of sense for the Dodgers just because he's a dominant closer and they have a need for someone in the ninth inning. But that being said, are they going to be able to offer him a $100 million contract that he wants? I That could be that could be pretty difficult. And I wonder if that would be a case where Hader becomes a realistic option if his price drops or if it's on a short-term deal with maybe a higher AAV. And you never know with, um, with in terms of the Dodgers with deferred money at this point, it's, I mean, yeah, it's crazy, but anyways, it is a case of, I think Hader at this point is probably unlikely. That's just a guess for me. I know one player that they've absolutely had conversations with is Ryan Brazier. Uh, that is one that is, I can definitely say with confidence. And although his market includes five other teams from what I'm told, so uh, they're definitely going to have competition there. I think a Robert Stevenson type could be tough because it's a four. It's probably going to be, I've heard anywhere from like, predictions from people around the league of like a three to a four year deal for about nine to 10 million a year. And Jordan Hicks's market is definitely has definitely started to move. Nothing is imminent by any means, but there's, there's at least some movement there um, as John Heyman reported the other day. So like the reliever market is definitely starting to move. I don't know what reliever the Dodgers are going to end up getting, but I fully expect them to get another one. And by the way, like I saw some aggregators the other day uh, mention that, uh, I mentioned my Kenley Jensen Dodgers connection and they made it sound like it was like a report that was, I thought I made it clear in the moment. Maybe I didn't, maybe, maybe not, but um, that it was just me speculating on my end. Cause I thought that was a fit that made a lot of sense for the Dodgers. They obviously know the player, the player knows the team he's signed to a short-term deal. I thought it could have made a lot of sense. Um, that's I'm not reporting anything. I don't know the likelihood of that, but I just want to make it clear that was just me dot connecting, speculating, and not actually reporting. No, I, I think I think you made it clear last time, but you never know what the aggregators here. I still think it's a good fit, and I was going to bring it up if you didn't because, hey, Dodgers have an extra 40-man spot. Dodgers need bullpen. Red Sox looking to clear salary. But at this point, it does make you wonder, 
what are the Red Sox looking to clear salary for? Like at a certain point, they were trying to get Teoscar, didn't get him. They were trying to get Imanaga, we heard, didn't get him. Are they really trying to clear salary at this point for like, would you rather get rid of Kenley so you can sign James Paxson? Maybe, but I don't know. It's less of a clear fit uh, from the Red Sox end than it was the last time we brought it up, at least the way I see it. No, I, I think, I think you're right for sure. And I mean, the Red Sox, they're, what an interesting spot that they're in, by the way, they're, I mean, obviously you see everyone connecting them to possibly trading uh, Yoshida or they see them connecting or connecting them to trading Kenley Jensen. I mean, here's here's the thing with with them and it's it's interesting because they like i don't think they internally like oh boy i really want to be careful with how i phrase this one because i i don't want people to just run with this um i don't think they have to trade either one of them i could like i could be wrong i want to just stress that but i mean yoshida obviously he was really good in the first half of the year last year and kind of tailed down a little bit if you look at his numbers in the second half. And then you look at Kenley Jensen, who I think is one of – he's still a very good, dependable, strong reliever. I I mean, I wouldn't trade either one unless the offer was just too good to be true. If you trade either one of them and you end up giving up nothing – or if you end up getting hardly anything in return and it's just a pure salary dump, then I think that's going to just ignite the fan base even more than it already is because there's just a lot of frustration there. And I mean, I, I get it. I totally understand it because I've said it. I think I've said it for the last four podcasts. I got to say, it for, I got to make it a fifth in a row. Their lack of spending and how they don't operate like a big market team is just incredibly frustrating. And I feel, I feel bad for the Red Sox or Red Sox's fans, I should say. And it just, they shouldn't operate that way. And I hope they don't trade either one of those two, just so they can add another big market player or big name player, I should say. Cause that just, I mean, it depends on what player they move or what player they would move, but that would just kind of feel like they're staying in the same path, if that makes any sense, just going nowhere. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, Monty's still a good fit there, but we are hearing less and less about that connection. Red Sox fans love to clip us, so I assume they'll clip that too. Yoshida tailed off in the second half it's true but that that's not saying he's not a good player and, and definitely a good hitter um, oh for he sure he's a very good player very yeah. good player impressed the hell out of me last year especially in the first half but uh you know just an interesting profile i got all these outfielders now if they think he's more of a dh after paying him all that money last year and they don't want to retain him that's on them I, I would go ahead and keep yoshida i would go ahead and plug him in for a you know big year two in the states and uh, keep Kenley too. Try to, I don't know, he's, he's on your books. You don't have to get rid of these guys, uh, but we'll see. Uh, while we're yelling about teams that are acting like small market teams that shouldn't be, can we yell at the Baltimore Orioles just a little bit? Uh, you, you and I did this last offseason. We, look, we, we wanted them to act like a big market team last year when we thought they could maybe trip from the wild card mix into the AL East mix. Then they went ahead and won the AL East by a lot. Blew the Rays out of the water. They've got a young core that anyone else would die for. 
But Kyle Glazer of foul territory, not of foul territory, Baseball America told foul territory this week, the team is not only worried about free agent spending, because of course they are, because everybody is, but they're also worried about taking Corbin Burns's one-year salary if they trade for him, as well as Dylan Cease's two years. That Dylan Cease year this year, by the way, is $8 million. He settled today, $8 million for Dylan Cease for a number two. I don't know if the Orioles are just selling that they don't want to take on a very normal amount of money while also surrendering their prospects to get Dylan C's. It does feel like the Orioles and White Sox are playing a game of chicken right now while the White Sox just wait and see if they can up their offer a little bit or if they can get a better one from somebody else in the C's talks. But you have a core anyone would be jealous of. Go ahead and supplement it. Supplement it now. Don't wait for your own players to age into ARB. And then you have to think about trading Anthony Santander and, and, oh, I forgot to extend Adley. It all gets more complicated down the line than it is now. Just make this team as good as it needs to be for 2024. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. And before I end up, before, actually, should I just break an arbitration settlement real quick? Break an ARB. Okay, then I'll get into the Orioles stuff. But uh, Nathaniel Lowe and the Rangers uh, just settled for seven and a half million bucks. Uh, sources tell me. So there we go. We got that. We got a, a YouTube show uh, exclusive. So uh, I mean, anyone who's watching that, you know that before the rest of the world. At least I think yeah. so. Hope so. Shoddy, shoddy got low. And by shoddy, I mean the Rangers. Uh, that's exactly right, baby. And I'll tell you, like, as far as the Orioles go, they you said it you said it best. They have a young core. They have more depth and prospects than any team that I that we can recall in baseball because the, the prospect depth that they have as a whole is just totally unheard of. And they have prospect riches. Like the guys that they ended up they have in the major league roster who are like part of their core are hardly signed long term. And if there's any point where they should just go for it and get a Dylan Cease or a Corbin Burns type, it's now. Because they, I mean, they have the flexibility to do it. And it's really frustrating. Because I remember last year, I was part of the campaign that said that Michael Elias, who was uh, who was with the Astros and knew Carlos Correa from their time together in Houston, should pursue Correa. But I don't think they were ever really, really involved in that market. And I, I crushed him in the moment. And... Like I, I will say it again. I think now that they have, they should absolutely take the big swing. Take a like a take a swing. Go get yourself a starting pitcher, a high end one at that, and prosper. Because I think that would end up making them. They're already a really good team now. That could end up putting them closer or even over the top. And I think they should do it. I'm I'm really curious why they're not i'm wondering if it's an ownership thing just my speculation but i mean the history with them spending in free agency would track with the ownership there because they've hardly ever done it and just bizarre because that team feels like they're they sure they're absolutely in a position now to make the big move and yet they haven't and i'm just losing optimism that they're ultimately going to do it supremely athletic last year at almost every position more to come Jackson holiday untouchable, but there are plenty more people who should be tradable at this point in time uh, to get you cease gray rod, sophomore year Bradish in a playoff rotation. Cause last year, one of them got beat up by Texas a little bit, and then it all went downhill very quickly. And that series was over in the blink of an eye. Cause it was young pitcher, young pitcher, young pitcher, 
oh my God, I can't believe the season's over. Uh, I was ready to eat crow last year. We asked for them to get Correa. They didn't. Then they went out and won 100 games anyway. I was like, shut me up. And then, nope, fizzled out in the playoffs. And somehow the lack of spending has looked even worse this year. So you could not have timed this any better, Rob S. Uh, for any Jays news, uh, I got a, I got an arbitration settlement there. If you're interested, they just settled with Dalton Varsho for five point six five million. So they just avoided arbitration with him. And for Angels fans who have been wondering, I I had someone in the in my, in the Discord send me something about Patrick Sandoval. Um, he, like I put in there, like I put in the Discord that he ended up settling with the Angels. That's still not out yet. Might as well just put it in here now. Uh, he settled for $5.025 million. So there we go. Sorry. Sorry for the interruption, but I just want to deliver news while everyone's here. Not yet. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Not an interruption. I was, just, I was just going off on the Orioles, but we went off on the Orioles enough. Um, what else do we want to hit? I guess we haven't publicly talked about this rumor that Marcus Stroman and the Yankees were emerging as the top team in the Marcus Stroman field. I mean, you said it earlier in the show that the, you know, you've got the angels thinking about Stroman. You've got the giants considering Stroman Um, Yankees and Stroman still feels like a terrible fit to me, I guess. Let's just address that once and for all here. Yeah. The, yeah, this is um, the, the Marcus Stroman, I the, the Yankees and Marcus Stroman report to me does not pass the smell test. And I I just don't think that is going to be something that happens. I think that was just a, I don't know, that report caught me way off guard. And everything I've gotten to gather is there's more teams that are more strongly involved than the Yankees than, than on Stroman. And yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I don't expect Stroman to end up there. And I expect the Yankees ultimately to add like one of the high end starting pitchers, but I just don't, I don't expect it to be Stroman. I think Montgomery is someone that they like, but Texas is definitely lurking there too. And I mean, there's just, there's a lot of really good starting pitchers available and they're all attracting interest. So it's not, it's not going to be easy for the Yankees, but I don't expect Stroman. I, I just don't expect him to end up in New York. And, and, Going along those lines too, uh, there was a. They've also been connected to uh, Dylan Cease in in tr- in the trade market. Yeah. But I like the the White Sox have not gotten an offer to their liking for Cease. I've gotten the indication that nothing is close. That nothing is really brewing there uh, at this point. And so I think at this point, considering that the Yankees have already made the big trade for Juan Soto their prospect depth isn't what it once was. They still have prospects for sure, but it would make a cease trade really tough, especially considering that he signed for two more years. So I think that can end up being something that's um, that's difficult for them to pull off. So as I said, I don't know which one it's going to end up being for the Yankees, but I just don't expect it to be Stroman. And unless something changes, then I don't expect cease. I, I just, I don't even know if cease gets traded this off season. Um, at this point, because it's just the interest is there, but just no one is really stepping up with their offers at this point. Well, the Yankees did already sign a co-ace today in Luke Weaver, so we'll see if they're able to add a supplementary piece like Blake Snell or Dylan Cease or James Paxton down the stretch like they're talking about here. Uh, yeah, the Yankees did thin out their upper minors in terms of pitching depth 
for Juan Soto and for Alex Verdugo a little bit. Don't forget about Richard Fitz. So that's why they're collecting names like Weaver and Cody Poteet and, uh, you know, AAA Major League Swingmen types because they need to fill innings there depending on what they get from Will Warren, from Clayton Beater, from Luis Heal. Um, Yankees have a lot of upper level. Like, they thinned it out because they had a lot of – they still have a good deal. Uh, Chase Hampton, top 100 prospect. But it's not quite what it used to be. Michael King won't be there. Drew Thorpe won't be there. Brito Vasquez. So they need to fill out innings. They need to get – I would say they still need to get a bona fide Major League starting pitcher. But we'll see what they do down the line. And we'll learn later today where they settle with Juan Soto on this potential record-setting one-year uh, final year of Arb deal because uh, that's still coming down the line. And as far as I know, no word yet there. That's what John Heyman said. Everybody knows it'll be a record. Just how much of a record it'll be. Yeah, and what Heyman said, like I think, I mean, I, I don't have knowledge on this one, admittedly, but uh, what Heyman said is it seems like they're going to eventually come come to a deal and they're going to avoid an Arb hearing. They just don't know exactly. Uh, what that number is going to be quite yet. So stay patient. But based on Heyman's phrasing and how he worded it, I think eventually they're just going to end up coming to a deal. So no harm, no foul there. Yes. Uh, well, great. Uh, open up the notebook before we leave if there's anything that I haven't covered. But I do feel like we could talk Joey Votto for a little bit because we did hear that there are some teams interested in Votto earlier this morning. Uh, I don't know if you have any intel there. I see some comments about uh, you know, who is Votto a Jays option? For me, it feels like if you just had Brandon Belt on your team, you could use Joey Votto. That's the Giants. That's the Jays. Uh, but I don't know if you're hearing anything else on his market. Yeah, I mean, what what Bob Nightingale said, there's three teams involved. I don't know the specific teams there, but um, that's going to end up being a – I can't imagine that's going to be something that's imminent by any means just because – I mean, there's three teams. He's probably going to end up being a one-year guy. He's, he was declining last year, and, I mean, he's very talented. Like he's a, a very well-respected dude, talented. Um, he, what he can bring to a young clubhouse or just any clubhouse in general cannot be overstated because he's just a super valuable piece, especially for the, the kind of price that he's going to eventually command. Um, but I don't know of anything imminent there. I see a question here from – from Hayes Clark asking if the angels are the leader for Stroman. I would not say that at all. I like, that's one thing. Like when I say that is I try not to make anyone, I don't, I don't try to like list favorites because that's just a really dangerous game to play. And yeah, I just, I, I know the angels like him. I know Ron Washington likes him, but I just, I, I wouldn't name anyone the favorite at this point. But because there, there's just a few teams involved there. I mean, you can't list favorites because every time we've seen anybody list favorites this offseason, it has not been true. Um, Dude, it's been brutal. And like, like actually, this is something I want to I want to address, too, is like there was somebody who who took a screenshot of some of my tweets. And like, I want to like and he ended up tweeting it the other day. I, I realized is Hal, that, that was hell to hell. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hell to hell. And like, I want to make this abundantly clear is like I knew he wasn't bashing me. Um but that's one thing I try to do is I just try to, I try to bring the facts. That's what I've always been in this to do. And I want to report done deals. That's how I've always reported stuff. Or if it's close, when I know what's going to happen, that's when I end up sending it. Um, but it's just the, the amount of bad reporting this off season has just been incredibly frustrating. And I feel bad for fans. I feel bad for Blue Jays fans. I feel bad for all sorts of fans that have been caught up in these rumors because it can be, 
they can be exhausting on my end, but I can only imagine what it's like being a fan and getting your hopes up only to be crushed. I mean, that happens with me with the Eagles, of course, but this is a different thing. Um, but I, I try to be the difference and I want to be the difference. And I just appreciate all you guys uh, supporting me. I appreciate hell the hell for noticing because that just ended up opening up um, a can of worms that I could never expect because I had, I'm not kidding. I had agents, I had executives, fans. I had all sorts of different people reach out to me after that. So I thought that was really cool. So thank you, uh, hell the hell. Um, I hope he doesn't go to hell though because I mean, that's no, no one deserves, well, I mean, not, not no one, but, um, <laughs> but no. Next um, up on the Baseball Insiders, a list of people who deserve to go to hell. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm not saying hell. I'm not saying hell, but no, I just appreciate you all. That, that went in a, a different direction that I had hoped, but the, I hope the sentiment was, was not lost in that. It was not lost. Uh, we will not do that episode yet, maybe during a slow period. Um, Two more teams I just want to get to quickly because I'm seeing them pop up in the comments and they were in the All-Star channel. So I don't know if we have anything on the fills, but uh, we haven't had anything on the fills since the Aaron Nola signing a month and a half ago. Um, but I wonder where they're at. And, and obviously, uh, I think an athletic column on how Hassan Kim trade got Padres fans a little stoked this week. So those two teams I'm looking at right now kind of side-eyeing. Uh, how do you feel about the Phillies and the Padres? And I would say specifically in the Hassan Kim market, are they, are they really exploring that at this point? Yeah, I don't think the like the Padres are getting a lot of interest in Hassan Kim. They, I mean, it's been a lot, but they're placing a really high asking price on him. And I think that probably ends up making a deal unlikely uh, where it involves Hassan Kim, but you never know. Some team could end up uh, overpaying for him and blowing the Padres away with an offer. But in terms of the Phillies, they are a team that, I mean, they've just, obviously you look at Aaron Nola, they were heavy after Yamamoto, and there's still some really good pitchers out there. You got Blake Snell, you got Jordan Montgomery, you have Josh Hader lurking in the bullpen market as well. So, I mean, you can't rule out a big move in, in terms of the, the pitching staff just because Dave Dombrowski loves the, the upgrading the pitching as much as possible. And you know he's, he's had a history with left-handed arms. So you, I can't rule anything out there. Um, I'm sure they're probably looking at at bullpen help as well. Now they ended up losing Craig Kimbrell. I know they got some some young guys in the bullpen. So I mean, it's they still got they got pieces there, but you can never stop upgrading the bullpen. So I think that's an area that they're going to look at. Um, but I, I think pitching is really going to end up being um, the spot they look at the most. And and Tyler Tyler Boyce here. Uh, any reliever names to watch with the Mets? Um, I know Joel Sherman connected them to a, a few different uh, left-handed relievers the other day. I can confidently say that Brent Suter was a player of interest for the Mets. Uh, he, he was someone on the radar, but uh, to my knowledge, nothing was ever close. Suter, um, plenty of interest. He had eight teams involved. There were some teams that viewed him as a starter, but Cincinnati was a really good opportunity for him. He's actually grew up in Cincinnati, so it's a bit of a homecoming for him, and I think that opportunity for him at this point of his career was just too good to pass up. I'm going to do two more if that's all right real quick, just because uh, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of Tigers here, want to see if there's anything cooking there first. And then Lolo has been great to us in the Discord for so long that I want to make sure we end on just, hey, Giants post Imanaga. Uh, You know, we've heard some Matt Chapman contract rumors, I I guess. Uh, Where do you think they're focusing? 
Yeah. So to start off with your first point is I have not heard anything on the Tigers. I don't want to ignore that question. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, guys. <laughs> I, yeah, I have, not, I have not heard anything there. But as far as the um, the Giants here, I think they are going to. I think at the end of the day, adding an infielder and adding a starting pitcher is probably going to end up being what their priority is. And like Stroman is a player that is of interest to them. They, they like Stroman. I don't know how likely it is, though, because I think in an ideal world for the Giants, they'd end up adding a guy in a one- or two-year deal for them. And that is at least my feel at this point. The, I mean, I think at the end of the day, though, like if you look at the rotation, you have Logan Webb, you have Kyle Harrison, and two other guys in um, Alex Cobb and Robbie Ray, who are probably not going to be back until about the All-Star break. So you're going to need innings, and you're going to need meaningful and big innings. So I, I think they they cannot look, or they cannot overlook this one. And I, I think when I say that, I think they should consider making a Stroman type move. I just, as I said, I just don't know how likely it is, but I think that is something that they should absolutely consider, which I think they are. I just don't know if they're going to be doing it and pulling the trigger on it. That's about as best as I can say it, but. I feel confident, though, that they're going to end up adding a starter and an infielder at some point this offseason. I feel feel pretty comfortable about that one. Because actually another part, too, that I had heard from a couple of different people is that they're prioritizing uh, up the middle or infield defense. So that is – I think that's something to watch out for. Well, thanks for the questions, everybody. If we missed your question, I am sorry. And if we did miss it and you want to punish us by asking us again, join us in the Discord. Join us, become a member, join in the Rumor Mill channel, or at the all-star level where you get a private face-to-face opportunity to scream at us. The schedule on that is coming soon. I got to wrap the show. I don't know if you guys hear my dog, Biscuit, is screaming in the background. You guys hear him screaming? Uh, He's losing his absolute mind. I'll put Biscuit on the show again soon he's a great guy but right now he needs something for me and he's not getting it uh but either way i think we had one hell of an arb day here robert murray and i know there's plenty more to break before end of day and i know you got your head deep in it uh pulling plenty more information out for everybody so we thank you as always for doing the show today uh, this was super fun no it was a blast it was it was totally fun i appreciate everyone who tuned in because the comments today were absolutely wild we had a we had a a billion comments like figure it was before too long. So I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate biscuit for chiming into the, to the podcast as well. See everyone next week. Um, I think it's going to be a later, later in the week episode next week. And yeah, make sure um, continue to follow the, my Twitter, Adam's Twitter, uh, the discord, all of it. Cause I'll, I'll be dropping as much news as I possibly can. Cause Unlike Jed Hoyer, I am not sleeping. No, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jed Hoyer is not sleeping. Uh, neither is, um, yeah, neither is any other executive because I think baseball is a spark about to start to heat up. So I'm going to stock up on cold brew. And as I like to say, let's, let's get weird. Yes. Big show next Thursday. I guarantee a lot's going to go down by then. And Lolo, shout out to producers, producer Sean, producer Joanne. Hunter running things on the Discord side of things and on the YouTube channel. Uh, Yes, shout out to all our producers. Unsung Heroes for sure. More uh, heroes than I am, no doubt. Um, We'll keep in touch next week. Turn your notifications on. You will likely see us next Thursday. But in between, join us in the Discord. Biscuit won't be there, but Robert and I will. Uh, Until next time, take care, everybody. Thank you, everybody.